Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the Welcome in to another episode of Odd Man Rush. I'm Will Hyland, joined by my best pal, Kyle Diesel. Kyle, what is up? Not much. Enjoying a a nice, warm-ish weekend down here in Mass, but also enjoying some nice hockey and football weekend. How about yourself? I uh, it's been pretty warm. It's been pretty good. Hung some Christmas lights up outside today. Don't worry, I'm not going to turn them on yet. <laughs> um, and that, just doing it while it's warm. When you live in New England, that's what you got to do. Um, and then you know. This isn't a football podcast, man, but dude. Like I never mind. I <laughs> you know, it's like, what are we doing here? Um, another tough day for the Pats. Good day for the Minnesota Vikings, though. What Great a comeback. Day. What about um, the uh the Texans there? Yeah, what a they're, Stroud? They're, they're running back playing kicker. Um so yeah, decent day of some football, crockpot season, mm-hmm. you know, warm sock season. I mean, I it, we're getting there, man. We're getting there. Um, we haven't done a pod since we did our Easter conference preview, which was like four weeks ago. So right. we're, we're well due um, for one today. Uh, one of the things I think that is interesting to talk about um, is that this NHL season. I think there's been a little bit more buzz around it. Um, maybe it's just the Bruins have played a lot of national games. But last time we talked, we talked about the Frozen Frenzy. We talked about Connor Bedard and ESPN and all that. And we'll get to some of that later too. But I don't know. I think there's been some good buzz. And I think there's been some good storylines that otherwise may not have been talked about. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, look at, we got um, the Pat McAfee show talking about hockey, which I thought I'd never really see. And them having yeah. um, the commissioner come on and talk about it, which is pretty awesome. I mean, I think the hype with Connor Bedard is huge. Um, but I also think yeah. for hockey right now, this is kind of like the peak time for them to kind of make a move in, sales, television, all kinds of different sales from uniforms, et cetera. I think this is the, their time to kind of make a step up to like what the NBA has done. Time to put themselves totally out there. I partially agree with that. Um, I don't think they're, um, I don't think they're going to be, as successful if they keep with what they're doing now. I think no. I think they really need to lean into not just the young players and the ESPN aspect of it, but they need to like lean and like it's cool that McAvee's involved and whatnot, and because he speaks to a lot of younger sports fans. Correct. Um, but I think they need to lean into the international stuff. I and, and not like in the way that the NFL is doing it with like games abroad. Um I think they need to lean into this, the World Cup of hockey. I really think they do uh, when that comes up in 2025. Um, because I think what's going to happen is they're going to go back to the Olympics because the Olympics are going to be in Milan, Italy. So that will yep. be in 2026. Um, and they're going to be more comfortable doing that than they will with China um, a few years ago. And then, you know, I think if they do the World Cup of hockey in the off-year Olympic year, um, if you do it uh, when they are doing the Summer Olympics, not at the same time, but you could strategically, because NBC is not a TV partner anymore, mm-hmm. uh, you could strategically have the World Cup of Hockey on at the same time as the Olympics. Um, I don't know if there's going to be any legal challenges to that, 
Um, but if the Olympics are going to happen in July or August of 2028, which will be the next time they do it after 2025, I think the NHL really needs to lean into that because I think, I think that American fans, um, will rally around that a lot in the same way that they rally rallied around the, uh, USA, um, soccer team last year. Uh, I, I think if you have like the best on best tournament, and people see Austin Matthews or the Kachuk brothers or the Hughes brothers or any of the other good American stars that we have, Ottinger or Swayman or Thatcher Demko. Uh, I know we're going to talk about the Vesna trophy in a second, but in my opinion, the top three uh, Vesna candidates right now are all American born goalies. And so I think if they can lean into that, um, I think they'll be able to capitalize more on it. Cause like at the end of the day, Connor Bedard's Canadian Connor McDavid's Canadian, mm-hmm. um, but you really got to lean into your American stars if you want hockey to really like rise up and be more like the other leagues in our country. Um, that, that's what you're going to have to do uh, is you're going to have to find your American stars, market them, um, and and be strategic about how you do that. So I think the United States hockey world and the NHL needs to lean into that. Um, well, I mean, this is the perfect time to do it with all the current stars you just mentioned right there. The, right, and that's the America, the, the future of the American team right there. If you have you, – dude, you could – you're – like we were talking about in text the other day. If you, yep. have the, if you have the American line, you know, not to mention Johnny Gaudreau or Jack Eichel um, – you know, if you if you start going down that roster next year, or but it's almost the end of twenty twenty three, so we can say next year, yeah. in twenty twenty five. If you ha- when you do the World Cup, and I think you the plan to- will be to do the World Cup in twenty five, twenty eight, thirty, uh, thirty four, thirty two, and you know, do it every four years, and then do the Olympics every four years as well. Yeah, we'll have an American team, an American squad that will be able to compete. Because the Hughes brothers will be in their prime. The Kachuk brothers will be in their prime. You still have Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, and Johnny Gaudreau. Um, I'm forgetting guys, but there are other players um, around as well. So you'll have opportunities to make that work. Um, and, and it's the time to do it because they're they're emerging. They're still young. And those tournaments are right in front of us. So I think that will do a huge part in the in having the buzz that we've been talking about take it to the next level. No, I agree. It's going to take it to the next level. They just the NHL has to take that step forward of utilizing their current players that they have. Like already, like Canada does that already with their current players. We need to do that more with our current players, even when it's not like the World Cup or anything like that. We can still do that with the current NHL season overall. Yeah. Uh, I think just America sports in general needs to take that. Um, just that next step forward, whatever that may be. I do think that slowly it will get there, but I think it's taking a little too long, especially this is kind of like the time frame they need to get it done. Yeah. They, they need, I mean, they need to get it. They, they need to you do it right. Like this cycle with these guys, because this American crop, I mean, look back at that 2010 team that won a silver medal. There was some great mm-hmm. players on that team. Patrick Kane was really young. Your boy, Zach Parise, uh, Jamie Langenbrunner, um, Patrick Marlowe, I believe. Um, or no, he's Canadian. No, he's Canadian. So. Who's the guy I'm thinking about? Oh, Ryan Kessler. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, I mean, that's who I was thinking of. Uh, and then who's the guy? Joel, Pav- Joel, Joel Pavelski, Joe Pavelski. Yeah. Um, but that team was really good. And then they had Ryan Miller and whatnot and stuff. But th- this group is better than that group. And, oh, I- Currently, I think the best, like, talent-wise, this might be the best upcoming current USA team that they've ever had. Easily. Which, which right now, how, like, with, with Team Canada, still have lots of young talent. Oh, yeah, Canada's no slouch either. Lots of talent, but they're right now they're in the cusp of either being too old or being too young. So, like, this is the time frame for American hockey to take that step, make that attack yeah. to... Go go prove themselves that they're the top dog once again. Yeah, and they do well consistently in the World Juniors. Yeah, it would be a great time. 
excuse me, it would be a great time. So anyway, that's why this year feels a little bit different. Um, just because I think there's some emerging excitement around the league. And look, Bedard has a lot to do with that. These young players that we've talked about have a lot to do with that. Um, you know, I think there's personality in the league, which is good. I think there's mm-hmm. um, there's newer teams like your Devils, right, that are emerging and playing well um, and are going to be a force. So all of that is true. Um, but on that note, like, who are your top five power rankings in each conference at this point? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. this early on in the season, um, who's – who? I know we're like basically everybody has played at least 10 games at this point. So it's a good enough sample size. It's like, you know, what, well, I don't we're, know what that math is. We're, you know, we're one eighth of the way through the season, right? Yeah. We're about one eighth the way through. So, um, so I'll start with, let's start with the West. Um, I yeah. think the West was, uh, a little bit. And just one answer. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's only right now, there's, I mean, even in just the current NHL, I think there's clear number one, which would be uh, the Vegas Knights currently right now is yeah. clearly the number one team in the West, but overall best team right now. Uh, number two, very shocking, but we did talk, we did have a little discussion that they may be up there and that's the Canucks. I had the Canucks as the second best team in the West right now with how yeah. their goal thing is playing and Quinn Hughes is playing out of his mind. Yeah, um, he's leading that team as a true captain. So, and then yep. kind of after that, it kind of falls off a bit. Dallas, they haven't been too impressive. Colorado's to me has been very disappointing to start the year. Um, and my number five is actually the Emhine Ducks. I actually have them being the number five, better than the Kings. Hundred percent. I do think with their young talent, I think they're much better. I mean, I did go see them play against the Bruins. So, I watching that game, I had a lot more faith in them. Um, so I think right now that's my current West. Does your West team any different? So my than West is the same, except I have the Kings. Um, and you know, I just think the Kings have played slightly better. They're better in the standings at this moment. Yeah. Um, I was also looking at who played who. So I think the Ducks had played or being at least true. They played the Bruins twice, right? You know, um, that's true. Yeah. I, I would say still the, I would say still the, the Kings, it's close. I'd put the Ducks probably sixth, but yeah. the Kings at this point are just, in my opinion, slightly better. Um, I, I think that uh, Luke Dubois has fit in well there. Um, and yeah. you know, some of the moves that they've made have panned out. Uh, what about your East? So my East is a little bit funky. I have the Bruins at number one currently. Now, just how they've been playing so far. Great goaltending all around. The only issue I see for them as I thought we talked about before in Texas, the closing few minutes, the mentality of them, they, they still have plenty of time to figure that out. But if they go in the playoffs like they did last year, not mentally finished games, big concern. Um, then I have the Rangers at number two. Rangers have played really solid. Um, I was watching them play the other night against the Canes. They looked really solid. Um, number three, I have Detroit Red Wings with a huge shock because we both had them pretty low in our rankings to start the year. They're pretty darn good this year. Their goaltending has been great. Larkin has proven that as of right now, he is a stud player. After that, it kind of falls off a little bit. I have the Canes at number four. They they still need to get their act together, I feel like. They haven't really pieced everything together, so I feel like they've got a lot to improve, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, and then I have the Devils at number five. I'm a bit concerned. Luke Hughes got hurt in the last gate, or Luke. Jack Hughes got hurt in the last game. He is kind of the role model for that team. And then Nico Heischer is also out. Injuries are playing a huge role. I don't know how they can move forward without those two guys. Watson struggle against the Blues. Very concerning going forward. How long they'll both be out. Um, but yeah, no one else in the East has really impressed me. I know Maple Leafs could be up there. Great high power offense, but they just haven't the teams they played just haven't shown me enough that they're capable. They can score lots of goals, but I just don't feel like they're ready to make the next step. Tampa. Ah, Tampa's iffy. Like we talked about, I don't know if they're going to be able to, to their star goaltender gets back. They're right now still in the cusp of being a playoff team, but I don't know if they can manage that still, but those are my top five. I don't know. I assume yours might be a little, a lot more different than mine. 
No, so they're pretty much the same. Um, it looks like you. I'm pulling out the standings right now on my phone. Yeah. It looks like you pretty much went in order of the standings, which is obviously a easy and strong and total totally valid way of of assessing the teams. But you did go in depth, so I'm not picking yours apart because yeah, I don't mean, get me wrong. Be, like you went by the yeah. standings, and that's like the wins and losses and points matter. Yeah, um, I did that. But I also looked at like teams they played. I mean, there wasn't really many. Like yeah. teams they played that were impressive. I'll be like the only one I really saw with the Rangers, Canes, and then the Bruins, Maple Leafs, Devils, yeah. Detroit. But Detroit's played a lot better than the Devils have. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I, I have the same as you. Practically speaking, the same group. I have them in different order. Um, like I think the Red Wings have played a pretty hard schedule. Look, like yeah, they you know they played the Bruins twice. Now the Bruins have played an easy schedule. But the Bruins are still yeah. a good team. You know what I mean? Um, you know, so it's weird to say that the Red Wings have played a hard schedule. They played the Bruins, but the Bruins played an easy schedule. But they've also played the Red Wings twice. So yeah. it's it's, it's kind of weird. Um, so I have the Bruins first. I, I, I just think, you know, last night was a little bit of an anomaly. Um, they lost. They lost. Uh, you know, they they gave up a lead and Allmark didn't look great. He kind of looked like he did again that Anaheim game that you went to. Yeah. Um, he's a little bit shaky. Um, you know, I'll get to this more in a second here because I do want to unpack that. Um, get your thoughts on the goaltending situation with the Bruins. Um, but despite that, like they've just been playing really well defensively. Um, and you know, they've had to rely on guys like Mason Lorai who has come in because of a McAvoy suspension and a Grizzlick injury um, and Ian Mitchell. So they kind of like have sort of makeshifted their defense the last few games, which is Mm going to happen. But at the same time, like as much as they have had an easy schedule, they did open the season with a West coast road trip practically. Right. So, you know, and they did open their season with Bedard's first ever NHL game and all of the hype around that. And they, you know, so they have um, dealt with some of that stuff early on. Um, And and obviously the adversity of not having Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. So for them to be nine, one and one after all of that, is huge. And so for me, they're still number one, number two, I have the red wings. Um, I, after watching them more closely last night than I did the game when they were in Boston, I'm a little bit concerned about the red wings goal tending situation. I think Huso had a couple of goals last night that he gave up that were a little soft. Um, you know, I do like Shane Goss back there for them on defense. Like, I think they're going to be okay. Um, I just, I, I have them second because I ahead of the Rangers because I think that they've had to overcome a little bit more. Um, nope, that makes sense. That totally understands. The Rangers are still playing really well. Um, and I think maybe I picked the wrong year for the Rangers to be a cup contender. Uh, last year, maybe maybe this year they can put it together. The weird thing about the Rangers is, to me, Quick has been better than Shesterkin. Um, and yeah, that's, 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 the scary that's just something thing. I'd look at and just sort of – maybe think about further. Um, and then a fourth, I have the hurricanes. They have a really good roster. I don't think they've yet put it all together. They started Correct. slow, but they've looked really well or looked really good since. Um, and then lastly, the devils, I think the devils sort of with their own prisoners a little bit, like they had such high expectations because of how good they were last year. But a lot of people thought they were just gonna like sleepwalk a little bit at the beginning. But that's still a team that's still pretty young, and like Timo Meyer is now like the guy, and they've had an amazing season from Jack Hughes and and whatnot so far. But um, they, you know, they're gonna be they're gonna have to manage those expectations, um, and they they've done well in certain games, but then they've had certain games. Like I think they played Montreal a couple weeks ago, and I watched that game and. I was just wondering, like, they were giving up a lot of odd man breaks to a Canadian team. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. That's their, yeah, that's their biggest concern still going forward. I mean, the Bruins do that too. Yeah, but no, they, the Devils do it more often. I mean, they had the yeah. issue last year. Um, their biggest concern is defense. Um, like you said, they're good. I mean, the, they're high powered offense. I think they're like top five power play wise this year, which is a huge increase, but defensively. Not as well balanced. Goaltending, the biggest issue is going to be by the trade deadline. Are they going to stick with the two goaltenders they have? Or what's going to happen there? Because I think that's the biggest concern for them for like expectation-wise. Um, 
is like you said, their defense and goaltending. So I don't know what they're going to do moving forward. I think eventually defense will get better, but it's going to really come down to what our two goaltenders want to do. Yeah. And, and, you know, on that note with our goaltending situation with the Bruins, they're in like the kind of an opposite spot. We're like, They've got two really good goaltenders who have played really well this year. I mean, Allmark's had a couple bad games. In fact, it's weird. Swayman is actually undefeated, and it's been Allmark who has yep. struggled. And I say struggled; they're nine one and one. But you know what I mean? Like he's he, he in, just doesn't look like he did last year. He in their in their loss, right? In their shaky. losses, he's been kind of shaky a little bit. Now again. Much like the Devils, the Bruins have been giving up a ton of on-man rushes. No pun intended. Uh, they are they are giving up a lot of opportunities, and I think that's how Detroit crept back into the game last night. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, like my thing with the Bruins and their goaltending situation is, at some point, they're going to have to pick a guy. Uh, I don't. I don't. I I disagree with that. No, no. I don't mean like pick a guy to play. I mean pick a guy to pay. Well, that's yes, what I'm you're getting correct. at. You're good. I'm not getting at the tandem the thing. Like a lot of people are making a lot of the tandem. That's not what I'm thinking. I'm thinking what more is their, like uh, what's their uh, contract? What are their like years? Not like so pay-wise. I believe. I believe Allmark has two years left. There's this year and one more year, and then he's an unrestricted free agent. So his first year was 2021-22 and his second year was 22-23. Yeah, I mean the Vesna and now this is his third year of a four-year deal. So he'll have one more year left after this year. Swayman will be a free agent um this year. I think he'll be an RFA this year again. See, see that's tough though right now cuz like you said the um Swayman played great last year, and now the roles have switched. Now Swayman's a little bit more shaky. And, you mean Omar? I mean, you mean Omar? Omar, yes. I mean, yeah. it's each year's a different year. Like you never know what they're going to get out of goaltending. And uh, I mean, look at what's going on with uh, the Oilers. I mean, for example, they thought they had their goaltender found. Skinner is extremely shaky and broken. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think each year is a different. Like we even talked about Shesterkin. He's not this, as he was last year. Yet again, the season has just started. It could take some time to get back into it. Um, I just think the Bruins need to pick a guy. Yeah, and that's going to be a tough decision. Who do you pick, though? I mean, I picked the younger guy. Yeah, I would agree. I'd go with the younger guy. Then you got to hopefully you have someone in the AHL that you have coming up that I mean, can people fill that like Brandon. Bo- people like Brandon Bussey, okay? Like, I don't know enough about him. Uh, he's been the sort of the third stringer last year and this year. Um, How many uh, games does he have under his belt? He's played like two NHL games. Oh, he uh, needs more experience. No, but he, no, in the NHL, he's played a ton of AHL games. Well, uh, yeah, he, but that's a big difference, though. I mean, but you have to. I mean, you have things. to start sometime. Yeah, I mean, even if you get it, I think this year for them, this would be the time for them to kind of. I would think to get him some more. Chances. Personally, I would trade Allmark in the offseason at, at this point with one year left. I mean, I would go through the rest of this year and then I would trade Allmark in July. Yeah, play it out this year. And then I mean I like I said, I'd give your young your young NA, or AHL guy a couple nights, probably I'd say at least ten games this year you'd give him at least. Just to give him a just give him a shot, give him a little feel. Especially They're like not going to carry three goalies. They're not going to do that unless someone gets hurt. Um, yeah, I know that. I know that. But like, you also keep your goaltenders fresh, but also adds at least a good taste. Like, if you've got a, at least a good point, if you're like three, not even three fourths, if you're past um, in February and you've got plenty of points ahead, I'd say put them in a little bit just to get a feel. Especially like teams you know you can beat. Not saying like in games you need them. Um, just to give them a shot, you know, give them, give their extra goalie an extra night off. I think they did that last year at the end. I think Bussy played a few games. Yeah, um, and I think I think that's gonna be. I think that's gonna we're gonna see that going forward with starting to introduce because the hardest part right now, I think, is trying to find goaltenders that can play in the NHL. That's the hardest position, I would say, to find. That's true. 
That's a hard one. That's I mean, what is it? I think the – what team is it? I think it's the – not the Islanders. There's one team right now that's carrying three or four goaltenders currently. It might be the Islanders. It might be the Isles or the Blackhawks or somebody like that. Yeah, someone you know, is. And, no, it's Buffalo. Buffalo's carrying three goaltenders. Oh, well, yeah. That's because Dylan Levi's still pretty pretty young. Well, they had so their two first goaltenders are out with injuries. They're yeah. first and backup, so – Well, while we're on the topic of good goaltenders, do you want well, do you want to rearrange the show and do our Vesna pick right now? Yeah. So my Vesna might be a yeah. little bit of a shock to you. Go um, for it. He's actually on my fantasy team. I'm probably saying his name name completely wrong. Um, Demko, I think that's how you pronounce Patrick it. Patrick Demko? No, he yeah, was your that's... pick. He was your pick back when we did the Olympic rosters. Yep, he's my pick this year from uh, Vancouver. The way they've been playing, the way he's played in my fantasy league, I I just love what he's been doing. He's done. He's, he's got always solid... been. He's always been good. I think he was just dealing with a little bit of a confidence issue last year. Correct, and um, I think Vancouver right now has a very solid defense that is, yeah, going to propel them. I I think they could have a good could have a good run this year in the playoffs if they stay the way they are. That's. I know it's a little bit of a surprise pick, but I, I have him right now as my Vesna winner. I think my Vesna winner is Jake Ottinger at this point. Uh, okay, I think he's played really well. Dallas, he's gonna if, if Dallas is gonna go where they need to go, it's gonna be because of him. Um, yeah, and I like Swayman a lot. He's had a great season, but he's not gonna get nearly the amount of games. But then again, last year. Allmark won during sort of doing that split. So we'll see if Swimming plays like he's been playing, like he played on Thursday against Toronto. It's going to be really hard not to have him win the Vesna. But at this point, I'm, yeah. I like Jake Ottinger to win the Vesna. Uh, I think if Dallas is going to be a Stanley Cup contender, like a lot of people expect them to be, it's going to be because Jake Ottinger um, per- performs well especially in the second half of the season. Yeah, no, I mean, we're still going off of it, like 10 to 12 games played so far. So we got, yeah. we got some very early predictions. Right. What about your Calder trophy? Also known Ooh. as your rookie of the year. I'm going with a bold pick here. I actually like um, Logan uh, Cooley as my Calder winner this year. Over Who does he play for? The Arizona Coyotes. I actually, I actually think just watching how they play, I think Arizona has a pretty good, their division there, and they have a good shot of making it either as a three or wild card. I would say right now the way they've been playing. So I, I and Logan has played phenomenally well. I think he's put in a better position right now compared to no offense to Bedard. I think he has a better shot right now with what he has around him. Currently, with like a lot of younger players, I think the Blackhawks have not provide. I mean, yes, he has a great talents, lots of older veterans, but I don't think he has his core group quite ready there with the Blackhawks versus over in Arizona. So I'm going with Bedard because the writers are going to pick this award, and yeah, they're not going to let Bedard not win the Calder. I'm just yeah, I I. You know, make it a good shot. Had to go with someone different. I understand. I understand. Like, they're just not going to let that happen. All right. What about the Norris? You're going to love this one. I have Quinn Hughes as my Norris. That's right who now. I had as well. Best plus minus, most points as a defender currently. Probably playing on the, if they continue, probably might be playing for the Coach of the Year award, um, Vancouver, if they keep it up like this. Um, so Quinn Hughes is my Norris Trophy winner. I like Kale McCarr is another good option. Um, yeah, he's like sort of the safe pick. But yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to be Quinn Hughes if he continues playing like this. Uh, he's just been too good. Um, all right, what about your Hart Trophy, also known as the MVP? I think I know where you're going with this one. But uh, my MVP, um, hopefully he gets back soon from his injury. Uh, is Jack Hughes? He uh, he was leading the league before the injury and. In- points overall yet again he isn't scoring as many goals but the way he's played this year he is taking another step to his game and it's just phenomenal to see what he's been doing i i think right now he could probably be 
probably number two or three in the league with like offensive providence for any team right now. He's just phenomenal player. Um, so that, that is my current MVP right now. All right. You ready for mine? I'm ready for yours. It's going to be McDavid. No, I, it's going to be, do, should it be is a different question, but well, that's the, well, here's the key question. What if here, here's my, what if factor, what if the Oilers don't make it? Right. What if the Oilers don't finish as the number one or number two seed? Then they'll say that, that they'll, then they'll say that without McDavid, they would be a horrible team or a, but here's the other thing. They're not putting up the points. Look, Man, like I'm, I'm with you. Like, if you're telling me who I think should win it at this point, I think it's David Pasternak. Because if you're asking me who will win it by the end of the year with 70 games left, I think it's probably still going to be McDavid until it's not mm-hmm. at this point. But Pasternak is due. I mean, the 2020 season, people forget before the COVID shutdown happened, he 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 was probably going to win. He was probably going to beat out McDavid that year. Or McKinnon or whoever ended up winning. I forget. And then last year, I mean, he probably should have won last year. If, you know, but McDavid sort of gets like the hometown, you know, writer's bias, I guess. Well, Much like Bedard's going to get. Yeah. I mean, it's all about the writer's bias. You know, it's, I'm sticking with my guts. Up. Me and, me and PK will uh, keep supporting our guy. Okay. Yeah. Look, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Jack Hughes. Um, Another guy who I've heard talked about is Elias Peterson from Vancouver because um, mm-hmm. he's having a really good year. Um, but yeah, it, it, to me, it, it's at this point, unfortunately, it's the McDavid award until it's not. And so until somebody truly grabs it, like if, if Hughes is still leading the league in points after at like the 30 game mark or the 40 game mark, then yeah, you can start to have the discussion. And if the Oilers are like two and seven or on this pace, you know, and out of the playoff picture on the first of the year, then it's going to be really hard for somebody like McDavid to win the award. But Let's see what it's like after uh, Thanksgiving when we get right. to really see who's another month or so. But at this point with the heart and the Calder, it's going to be tie goes to McDavid and Bernard. Like if it's close, it's going to go to those guys. Yeah, you're you're probably right. And look, Matthews is having a re- really good season too. Like, don't sleep on him. Uh, no, either. I mean you can't. You yeah. can never sleep on him. Yeah. All right. Now, changing gears here, Kyle. Um, we have two last topics I want to get to, sort of outside the box, so to speak. Um, there's been some talk. So some of the women's leagues have introduced the uh, man- man- mandatory use of net guards, as has the WHL, which is one of the premier junior leagues in uh, North America, um, yeah. the EIHL, which is the English ice hockey league um, introduced us. And this is all of course, as a reaction and result of the tragic death of Adam Johnson uh, over in England, who was uh, cut by a skate blade in his neck and, and died as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going, as I mentioned, when I did my own podcast, I'm not going to comment too much on that. Cause I think there's still an ongoing investigation into it but just from but just from the policy standpoint where are you on the use of net guards i'm i'm for them i i think i am for them um just because it is an inherently uh violent sport if you think about how sharp skates are um and and how hard pucks can go and um and i think that it's a smart thing to do and it wouldn't take away from the game that much no, I think it's I think it's it's all about we talk about player safety comes first, and that's the important part. You're protecting the player. I think uh TJ Oshie is the first current NHL player to be using the net guard, but we did have a I don't know how from long ago, I think it was a goaltender who had got his neck slit by escape. But they also have protection too. I think recently a goaltender had taken, even with all their gear, had taken two pucks to the neck. Yeah. Uh, so and that's it's what I mean. Like, it's not just the skates; it's the pucks too. I mean, those things are hard. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are coming at you. It's a very violent sport. I mean, the puck is the puck is going to hurt even with or without pads. Like the way you get hit, no matter what. I think 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's important that they protect the player. I think the players, sh- not going to say they should, they should definitely be forced to wear them, but I think they should wear them just for extra protection. But I'm not going to force anyone who may or may not want to wear it for comfort or whatever they may be. Um, but I do think it's a good safety policy that they are implementing for these players. I'd agree. I'd agree for sure. It's something that I I think is overdue. Overdue. Right. That was the word I was thinking about it. Um, You know, and I mentioned this, um, you know, my own show a few days ago, I find Mm -hmm. it crazy that even in like our parents' lifetimes, they skated around with no helmet. No helmets. Goalies never wore masks. Um, Yeah. I know they basically they wore gloves. They basically wore like gloves and maybe like shoulder pads or like knee pads, and that that's was about it. it. Yeah, it's crazy. Same thing with uh, if you ever look at like an old baseball glove, it was literally just like a webbed leather webbed, you know, mitt. You stop it with your hand and you catch it with your other hand. Yeah, it's like crazy um, amount of stuff. All right, so I think we're both in agreement there. I think that guards are good. Um, yeah. Another thing that I wanted to talk about before we close up the show is uh, you and I have sort of had an ongoing discussion for like the last two months about attending an NHL game or a game in general. And one of the things that we've run into is that the games, it's increasingly expensive to attend an NHL game. So I'm going to pull up the uh, statistic in front of me, but there's been a lot of talk about like the Mon, uh, excuse me, the Toronto Maple Leafs in particular and the ticket prices there and the lack of like quote unquote real fans that are filling up that arena because people have talked about how it's quieter than it used to be and this and that. Cause there's just a bunch of corporate people and not really fans. Um, and they're attributing that a lot to the ticket prices. Where do you stand on, on this issue? Um, do you think it's too expensive to attend a game or do you think it's partially East coast regional bias that we're even talking about it? Mm, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, yes, there are teams, stadiums that are very, very expensive. Um, but I also think it depends on like the history of the team, how much success they're currently having. Um, but I mean, I mean, what would we talk about? We can go down and see a game down in Florida for what? Like 30, 35 30, plus fees usually. 35 plus fees and get a round trip for what? Like $75, $80? That would be about the same price as – or yeah, about the same price as a nosebleed seat for a Bruins game to play like what? Who? An average team? So like – I mean, if you tried to get a nosebleed seat to go play like let's say they're playing the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets or something – you know, it would over be hundred dollars at least. It'd be like at least two hundred dollars. Yeah, so it's like it doesn't the make av- sense. So I just looked up the average. The average is between ninety and one hundred and thirty. Yeah, but I do think um, it's. I think it depends on location. Uh, I think you're right on that. Like, if you're in the if you're on the uh, western coast, you're probably not going to spend much time on the southern coast going to watch a hockey game. But it's indoors. You're going to be want to spend your time outside. Yeah, just like those locations, I'm not saying like up in Canada, like Ottawa Senators or like Montreal, for example. Um, very much more affordable. Um, but I think it put depends place to place. It doesn't seem like, like I said, history does play a little bit of a part, but also the success the Bruins have, for example, have had a long term success, like constant success of like being in the playoffs, being a contender, versus like the Canadians. Or the yeah. Devils, um, or the Panthers, you know, teams like that. Um, so I wonder if I, well, I do. I do think there is a lack of support for some fans. I mean, like I'll, I hate to bring football into it, but like look at the LA Rams. Like they have probably none of their fans fully go fill up the stadium ever. You have more away fans than you ever do home fans. And what you're talking about, like in Toronto. It's not like the same deal. You have more away fans or people who are just there to watch versus like you should just let the actual fans go and make it affordable for them. 
Um, so I don't, I don't know what the best idea is, but I know hockey itself is expensive to play. But for fans, I feel like there's a lot of true high dark. There's a lot of diehard fans out there. I think you need to give them the chance to go watch and play. Yeah. That's how, that's how you bring right. in more people. You've got to make it affordable. Um, yeah. And I do think they can make it affordable. I think they're just being a little too stubborn and greedy. But like, I think there's a lot more like, for example, diehard Boston Bruins fans versus like Toronto Maple Leafs fans currently. Uh, I, I think they're probably about the same. I, I, I think I, 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 I wouldn't pick on Toronto because ultimately that's a supply and demand thing. Like, yeah, in my opinion, the reason why they charge so much for tickets, same thing with the Bruins is because people are so people are going to pay it. That's Somebody's going to pay it. It's just not going to be middle class people like us, but somebody will pay it and go. And so it's like, so it kind of goes back to the thing that we've talked about before even before we started on man rush, which is like fans aren't the real customers anymore. Um, the real customers in sports are like the advertising agencies and the corporate sponsors and the gambling companies and whatnot. And like the corporate sponsors pay for a lot of the season tickets. And like those people go because they, they can afford it. Um, and it's, and unless you're like winning tickets, you know, like in your situation, like if you're like, you're inheriting them or, you know somebody and have a connection, then yeah. like it's increasingly hard to get good seats at a decent price. Otherwise, you're you're just raked over. Um, and I think the reason why like Toronto and Boston and like you know uh, Detroit or Chicago or any other original six team can afford to do it is because people are still going to go. If the Florida Panthers had tickets as expensive as the Bruins, nobody would go. You know because the de- the demand doesn't meet or the, you know, the, the supply of in, interesting customers and the demand from that customers does not meet, you know, the, the market value down there. So yeah, I think it is sort of a little bit of that, but I do think it's too expensive. I think it's too expensive to attend sports in general. Um, I, Correct. I, I really do. Like it's, it's to a point where it's almost obscene, like the amount of money that goes into being able to attend one of these events. Yeah, it's but why I'm like, Go for it. How much, how much of the let's let's look at the world. Let's look at the America economics. How much of its income is made just from solely sports here in the states? Of our GDP, um, is I think what you mean. I don't know. I I know like I know sports is like a multi billion dollar industry. Like it's like right yes. up there with with like tourism and and and. Um, you know, technology and all that stuff. Like it, it is up there. It is a, it is a top of like sports kind of is wrapped up into tourism, but like in general, I would say like it is a major factor in the country's GDP and economy, especially, Correct. especially uh, cities that have all four teams um, in the four major leagues, like Boston or New York or Chicago or Philadelphia. Um, but I, I, I would also say that with hockey in particular, it it is sort of a regional bias that we're talking about here. Like, correct. I think it would be more affordable to go see. Like, we've talked about Florida, but they're not the only ones. Like, even a team in the middle, you know, like Nashville or Washington, they're kind of have had success recently. Um, you know, they've both either been or won a Stanley Cup recently, but they're also not really in cities that I would say are hockey markets. But I would say that would be like a normal thing to expect. I think sort of if you cherry pick and like choose like Florida or, um, you know, Columbus, those are a little bit of uh, anomalies. I would say most places sort of fall in, if we're being honest, in that middle realm. But it's still really, I mean, if the average is between 90 and 130, I mean, that's still pretty expensive for one ticket. I remember when I was younger and how inexpensive it was just to have tickets to games or even season tickets to like any hockey game. Um, I remember I've talked to a few people about like um, they'd be able to go see like the Columbus Blue Jackets and they'd go in and get good seats for like 30 bucks. Like, yeah, near the boards like 10 to 20 years ago. Like, it's just a huge difference between. The, I think the demand in sports itself right now is just 
extraordinary high and people don't realize um, how much they're going to be willing to force upon you depending on like the sport. Like for basketball, I think basketball probably might be the most expensive, I think, out of all the current sports to go see. Um, but like you said, it's the supply and demand. It's like the prices for food right now. They're going to keep going because you know why? People are still going to go buy food because they need food. Are yeah. we still going to go buy tickets to go see a sporting event? Heck yes. Yeah. So until people rise up and stop doing that, which probably won't happen, they'll just keep going and going. Yeah, they will. They, I mean, we sort of are in the golden age of sports. And I think, you know, this opens up a whole new door. I mean, we say this for another podcast, but with the streaming thing, um, mm. you know, how eventually somebody's going to have to put a pin in, you know, there's going to be a bubble in that and there's going to be a bubble in ticket prices and there's going to be a bubble in all this stuff where at some point it is going to become too much and Correct. they're going to have to um, retreat a little bit, but who knows? That's a story for another day, but you know, you know, it will always be free, Kyle. What? Our podcast. That um, is right. That will always be free. So when, you know, we'll never, I'm never going to sell out to ESPN plus or Disney plus or Peacock plus. No, we're, we're here for the, we're here for the actual fans. I'm, we're I'm here. here for the people. I'm not selling out. Um, I refuse to sell out. And I, you know, I said this and to be honest, guy, I mean, if you're listening, I appreciate you're still listening to us. And, but to, to be honest, Kyle, I'll, I've never said this on an, on air. In May, I did a podcast by myself where I came out against sports betting, which, by the way, just came out in Maine. It is now legal. I said I came out against no, sports don't even, betting. Don't I get came, me started on that. Right. I came out against sports betting. I came out against all that stuff. And and I said I'd never bow down. And I, and I said that, the, that they were the um, – that they were the uh, ruling class of sports were the advertising executives and the gambling companies. And I actually lost listeners after that. Like my listenership has never rebounded from that. So I think it's a, still a very delicate thing. And I said that six months ago and I'm willing, I'm cause I'm not going to compromise on what I believe just because yeah, that's yeah. what people want. You know, like I, I believe that sports should be for everybody. Like that's why I'm never, I'm never going to, I'm never going to bow down to the people that are trying well, to turn the industry into one big money grab. Yeah. I mean, that's what sports is now um, with all these different aspects going away. I mean, look at, um, listen to a podcast um, about how eventually wrestling, boxing, MMA will all be under the same title instead of being separate things. Um, so it'll be owned by the same corporation, business, whatever. Yeah. So just the monopoly of overall sports right now is so exclusive. We look at ESPN; they own almost every broadcast, every single professional team. They have the NBA. They've got hockey now, which I thought would never happen. Uh, baseball, so they've got like everything currently, and, and they have Monday Night Football still. Yeah, correct. Disney, it's, Disney it's like, as a whole, with which ESPN is part of at this moment, still they have a lot of intellectual property over sports. Yeah, it's uh I mean that's what we're seeing almost with almost everything going on these days. So it's it's a scary thing. You're buying up everything for you know how to compete. Yeah. So I'll never I'll never sell out to the gambling companies and the advertising executives. I'll never do a single ad for a sports betting uh platform as long as I run this podcast platform. I'll never do it. I can promise you guys that as my listeners, if you're sick and tired of hearing a 45 second ad about with 30 seconds full of uh, disclaimers, yeah, you'll never hear that here. Um, I, I refuse to do that. And it's not because I'm trying to be better than everybody else. I'm, that's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is, is these guys are going to hijack sports and they're going to turn it into something that's completely different than what we recognize. And unless fans step up and do something about it, you know, it, it, it's going to be lost and you're going to continue to have to pay $300 to go to the Bruins. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah, I mean, I'd love to go to TD Garden. If it, you know, I'd have to take out a second mortgage for it, you know, but that, that's that's where we're going to be. So anyway, guys, you know, I hate to end it on a negative note. <laughs> um, but Kyle, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll give you the last word on any uh, any anything related to this conversation. 
Nah, I mean, I got I got nothing else to to currently add to the conversation. I'm um, just just excited to see what the rest of the NHL season looks like since um, my current NFL team is sucks and yeah, dude. Today. So, uh, dude, it sucks. So uh, I can't watch basketball. So uh, until college starts. So uh, yeah. hockey it is until get uh, to the new year. That's true. And just, you know, one last thing. Uh, I realized that I did, I was sort of right. The Rangers did win a title in 2023. It just was not the New York Rangers. It was the Texas Rangers. So <laughs> that, on that note, I guess I was partially right. Um, but anyway, th- thanks, Kyle, for jumping on with me again. Um, no problem. Glad we were able to do it. Please like, share, and subscribe if you haven't. All you listeners, I appreciate you checking in with us. Of course, you can uh, hit us up on social at HomeFieldPod2. Sometimes we post some videos. Um, share with your friends. We appreciate it all. Um, but, Kyle, until next time, you've all been listening to Odd Man Rush. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite provider, including Spotify, Apple, Google, and Stitcher. Be sure to also check us out two times a week on those platforms, on Monday and on Thursday. All of the Sportland USA programs are independent, and the opinions expressed in them do not reflect those of any other company, outlet, person, or entity. Standing in her underwear, looking down from a hotel room. The nightfall will be coming soon. Oh, my, my, oh, hell yes.